It's whenever you're listening to this, and you know what that means. You're listening to the WrestleWolf podcast. Uh, it's another special episode that Matt and I forgot that we do every year because it's only the second year that we've done it. Uh, it's our awards show, awards for the year 2021, our year of our lord so i don't know i can't remember catholic high school so long ago i can't remember anyway here is the man who's going to help me dish out these awards to the lucky boys and girls of the wrestling fraternity it's sir matthew kayfabe how are you my friend good i think i'm going by the est of wwp by now for now yes. but um Fuck, i keep forgetting that the est of wwp that's awesome yeah and, and you have you've got your big giant ponytail and everything, you're whipping it around your lounge room, and I, I didn't even. I think there's a um. I didn't even. A ponytail say might be the biggest divergence in braid, braid things so. that are things that are fine. Well, that's fair. A, a braid is a braid is a bit different, but a ponytail is is the kind of thing that is is <laughs> totally fine for a woman to have, and real skeezy for a 33 year old man to have. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't think I've ever had a ponytail. I may have put my hair back in a ponytail, I don't know, drunk. When you were working but... in a carnival. Um... Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> on the um, the big wooden mallet and bell, the, the strongman <laughs> contest. Hey, you want to test your strength, kids? Cigarette hanging out of your mouth. <laughs> Teardrop tattoo under your eye. Yeah, because um... I killed a kid. <laughs> That's when you put a teardrop under your eyes, right? <laughs> Not often it's, to be a kid, but because it's sad that you killed a kid. That's what. <laughs> Isn't that why that happens? Um, I uh, look. I wouldn't want to comment. I don't want to piss off the, <laughs> the tear, uh, tears under the eye fraternity. Um, it is whatever they want it to be, and it's cool. Yeah, it looks real cool, guys. So keep it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you want uh <laughs> thankfully i am moving at the end of this week so um <laughs> uh yeah so it's our awards episode aw wins everything good to talk to you matt we'll talk to you next year um <laughs> we've got Look, I, th I think initially the plan was to try and have some sort of like uh, try and be funny with the awards and then I kind of was like, no, I feel like we've got a couple that are designed to try and be funny. But I like having these conversations with you at the end of the year, you know, mm. almost like sitting in front of an open fire and be like, man, remember when that happened in January, but it feels like seven years ago, like the Thunder Rosa uh, Britt Baker Lights Out match was in 2021. Ah. That's crazy, isn't it? I know, right? Like it just doesn't, it feels like, especially, I know pandemic, blah, 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 no one wants to hear about it. But in the middle of the pandemic, these years feel so long. <laughs> <laughs> it really does feel like AEW. It feels like AEW has been around for seven years, not two and a bit. Yeah, it really, it, 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 they're starting, they've done a really good job of, Something that I think WWE is great at, which is creating their own sort of history and mythology, and like it, Cody oh, yeah, has fast tracked becoming. You know, he, he's just skipped the bit where Triple H was, you know, kind of a good mid card wrestler for seven years mm. in in the same promotion, 
and now he's just, you know, he's late stages Triple H, like post the Royal Rumble return <laughs> where he it was just like, oh, my God, he just beat Randy Orton again. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. The Cody Rhodes story, I mean, it hasn't even finished yet. It is a bizarre roller coaster of emotions because I'm back at the point now where I'm like, maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he doesn't know what's going on and he's just booking himself because he's a fucking idiot. I, I don't know. I don't, he's either the best wrestler ever in the history of everything or he is truly the spoiled son of a legend who doesn't understand how wrestling works at all. It's a, one or the other. <laughs> either way, I'm excited <laughs> to find out. Yeah, I can't wait to find out. Um. Yeah, I don't know which which one to. Let's start with the worst match of the year. If you don't right. have one, I can I can go early and go hard. If if you would like, I do have one, but you go first, please. Oh, man, it, without a doubt, it's Priest versus Miz at WrestleMania's Backlash. I I, I understand people are going to be like, this is the most hypocritical thing the doctor has ever said in any podcast ever because this is the kind of wrestling that you always love and you always talk about. There should be more of and da-da-da. But this is there's a lot there's a, a there's a fine balance in doing dumb shit in wrestling and making it work. And this mm. was just what I hate about it. What what I hated about it was just the blatant corporatization of the reason that the match even existed, which was to sell Dave Batista's new movie. <laughs> oh, this was the zombies. Yes, the zombie match. <laughs> I was I, trying to figure out, I'm like, why is it Why is it that you, you would particularly be attracted to, uh, like, why, why would you be a Damien Priest versus The Miz fan? Because I'm not. I don't mind <laughs> Damien Priest, and I don't hate I don't The Miz like as Damien much Priest. as people think I hate The Miz. I just don't <laughs> think he should be any – anyway, I, I just – he is the epitome of the w, of a WWE wrestler, and I, and I just – the more I've broadened my horizons, the more I've realised I don't like The Miz. <laughs> anyway – I understand that he's good at what he does. And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> anyway, this match was truly atrocious. As far as the wrestling was concerned, as far as the zombies being introduced, John Morrison was killed in this match, but then arrived on Raw the next night completely unscathed. Uh, the Miz disappeared for a bit after this match. It was, there was no, like, it was, I'm trying to remember what happened. I was because John Morrison opened a cupboard at the at wherever they were at, and there was a whole bunch of zombies in there that he let out, and then they attacked everybody. I'm actually impressed. I didn't watch this pay per view, but I'm impressed that they. Uh, oh, sorry. What is it? What are they called now? Premium live events. The old PLEs. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the. I'm impressed that WWE actually told a story around it. So barely, I'm probably coloring it in a bit more than they did on the paper. <laughs> I'm mean, taking it, it. is truly spectacular that Damien Priest has any cachet on the main roster, considering the way they have booked this poor man. You know, and like genuinely, I I don't think he has. Um, I don't think he's the greatest wrestler we've ever seen, but there are elements to him that are very Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, that could be used in a really cool way. And he's such a charismatic dude. Um, 
at times that he has somehow become the Teflon wrestler of WWE. They've thrown all this stuff at him to see if he can cop it or not. You know, that very WWE thing of like, well, you know, you're going to have to do all this shit and if you get through it and get over, then great. Um, Anyway, this match was that. There's not really much else I can say about it, but congratulations, guys. You've won... A woofy. Remember the woofies. <laughs> the woofies. I, 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 that's a that's a that's a, a well argued and fair point. Um, I have I have one that I think actually had negative repercussions for everything else. Um, I didn't watch WrestleMania Backlash due to having watched WrestleMania, and I, I thought it was you know completely useless. However, I did watch SummerSlam. And um, I was pretty fucking excited uh, about Bianca Belair at that point, um, who I thought was absolutely remarkable and one of the best women's wrestlers uh, in the world. Mm. And, you know, a a really great example of what WWE wants to do as far as, you know, recruiting athletes and turning them into entertainers. Um, And then, uh, you know, we knew that her opponent was not going to be there. Sasha Banks was was injured. We didn't know what they were going to do. Becky Lynch appears. Uh, the match starts. It goes for twenty six seconds. Uh, it was genuinely a disaster, and Bianca Belair has Bianca Belair has not recovered from it. No, no, and it hasn't even really become a thing of a you know a Brian. A, God, it's so hard to remember what to call who at what point. But it hasn't <laughs> even become a Daniel Bryan at the time thing where the internet got behind him and were like, you know, like, I mean, I think people mm. really like Bianca, but I think anyone who was going to try and instigate that sort of push doesn't watch WWE anymore. Yeah, I think that's a very <laughs> good point. Like that's the, it's sort of like, you know, and also I think people are now of the mindset that, if you actually tried to, you know, argue for someone to, you know, if you, uh, 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 maybe if, if a fan-based movement wouldn't actually work anymore, Vince McMahon's not listening. In fact, he might just fuck over your favourite intentionally. Oh, he has been for years, since Hulk left, basically. Mm. That's all he does. It seems to be the <laughs> <laughs> one of his favourite things to do. I think they're both very good uh, nominations, but we've got other uh, awards that we need to give out, Matt. So we're going to move on. But congratulations to Becky, uh, <laughs> Bianca, <laughs> The Miz, and uh, Damian Priest, churning out high-quality content over at the Fed, as usual. Um, <laughs> I've got an award here that is literally just an excuse to bitch about a Raw that I watched a few weeks ago. It's the mm. shortest time watching a TV show <laughs> TV show. Mine goes to the second week of December Raw. And what happened there? That was the one that I actually mentioned on the last podcast we did where uh, Matt Riddle and Randy Orton came out and uh, they got to the ring uh, and Matt Riddle went, Randy, and I turned it off. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't, I just couldn't watch. Poor Matt Riddle, you know, grass for the brass ring or whatever the fuck Vince called. I just, I was like, this guy is already a star. You do not have to road test him. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. fuck, I just couldn't. And that has happened with Raw on seven or eight occasions. But I'm pinpointing that one in particular. 
because I just couldn't. I just couldn't. It's the opposite of what happens with Dynamite each week where I'm a bit like, oh, do I really want to watch wrestling? And then within five minutes, I'm like, no, I'm in. <laughs> Raw, Raw has the opposite effect on me where I get five minutes in and go, no, actually, I didn't want to watch Raw. <laughs> I, I don't have uh, I, I, I don't have an exact answer for this, but I would like to maintain the integrity of the award. Um, uh, so in, in the spirit of the award, I think the shortest... Uh, the thing that made me turn off the TV uh, the quickest was uh, the debut of NXT champion Karrion Cross uh, on Raw, oh, losing to Jeff yeah. Hardy. Fuck, that's uh, a good yeah. Like, being told, and it was classic WWE internet kind of thing where everyone was like, don't worry, don't worry, this is a story. They're going to fix it. They're going to fix it. Now, neither of these people are on the active roster um, it the, it was a story. It was just an excuse to get to 50-50 booking for someone who'd been, you know, whether you liked him or not, presented as a world-beating champion, you know, supernatural freak. Uh, and they took everything that was main roster ready about him, uh, stripped it out, out, had him lose to a guy who wasn't winning a whole lot in old, old man Jeff Hardy. Hmm. And there we go. And neither of them are in the company anymore. No. It's, so the it's, whole yeah. thing was a complete fucking waste of time for anybody to watch anyway. So This is, this is the, <laughs> the thing. It's, imp- it's important to remember uh, at this point that when people say, just let, give them a chance, just let them, you know, tell the story, they have not earned that. Hmm. Yeah, man. It's interesting that I sent you that um, little video of Paul Heyman talking about how easy mm. wrestling booking is the other day. And essentially his philosophy is that you have two main eventers and then you have two people underneath them and you have the people underneath them wrestle the two main eventers for a little bit and then you have four main eventers. And then mm. you put two more people underneath those four, have those four feud with the two underneath, and then you have six main eventers and so on and so on and so on. Mm. Um, and I just... I can't believe that someone who and and he you know speaks he spells it out very eloquently and I don't understand how they have minds like Paul Heyman on the fucking shows and they don't utilize his abilities. I mean, for a while there we were doing a weekly ECW show which just got too much for us mm. uh, time wise. But the thing that kept resonating with us was how good Paul Heyman was at booking shows with nothing. Like had nothing. I mean, had some talented guys on the roster, but besides that, nothing. Yeah. The pit bulls. Uh, yeah, you know, he's getting the uh, pit bulls over, man. Like fucking one man gang, or what was it? Mikey called? Whiplash. Yeah, Mikey Whiplash. Um, <laughs> I mean, Mikey's great, but anyway, um, I think both of those we shouldn't rest. Like, let's not spend our award show bitching about WWE the whole time. But um, congratulations, Raw, who seems to be the <laughs> winner of the. <laughs> That just is the simple answer. Raw. Yep. Any episode of Raw this year. Um, let's go with best young wrestler of the year. All right. Do you uh, want to go, go first? first? I'll go, I'm happy to go first. Um, go first. I'm going uh, with a fellow who I genuinely think is better as a wrestler than I would be, uh, MJF. Oh wow! Okay, he's twenty. He's twenty five years old. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a young wrestler. Yeah, it's just because he's been at the top of the car for two years. I kind of don't think of him as a young wrestler anymore, but he really is. 
genuinely mm. is. Uh, he has had a pretty superb year. I mean, uh, the feud with uh, Chris Jericho, uh, the feud with CM Punk, um, the pinnacle form this year. Yeah, I believe that? so. Um, the Wardlow yeah, story also- that's been bubbling away. I mean, he's had a lot of different things going on. Darby Allen, the short little Darby Allen feud that he yeah, had. That was a, that was a genuine sort of sleeper. You know, best mid card feud of the year was probably Darby Allen. MJF. Yeah, a real glimpse into the future of AEW as well. Mm. I know people, I know that's starting to become a, a, a fucking cliche, people talking about the future of AEW, but it, it truly, that was so much fun thinking back on mm. it now. I really enjoyed that feud a lot. Um, that's a, that is a very well thought out and deserving winner of that award. And it's probably a little less knee jerk than the, my winner, which is Hook. <laughs> <laughs> I know Hook has only wrestled three matches, but I've never seen anyone who is that self-assured got that over. I've never seen anyone get over that quickly in one match and be, what, how old is he, like 14 years old? It's it's absurd. It is like, I. what bothers me about the Hook thing is how much I want to see Hook wrestle. Yeah. Like yeah, every rampage. I'm like, be the case. you better fucking have Hook on the card, man. I want to see Hook in a fucking squash match. Hook has made me want to watch a squash match. That's all I want. I want to see Hook just fucking dominate people for the next five years. Hook made me want to watch. Makes me want to watch a QT Marshall match. <laughs> yeah, man. I want to get a boring white T-shirt with just the word Hook on it. He he looks like every young boxer, like in the world, like every arrogant young boxer who you sort of hate but also love watching just kick the shit out of people. Yeah, yeah, he's got that real. I, I don't side with wrestlers much like that. The the arrogant mm. wrestler, I'm not. You know, I didn't even really. Man, I'm going to lose a lot of people saying this. I was never a big rock guy because of what I perceived as uh, arrogance. I know he's playing a character, but there was, it just doesn't appeal to me. I'm more your Stone Cold CM Punk kind of guy. Um, but, yeah, he um, he just radiates it. There's almost um, It's almost like Hook is doing what Ricky Starks is trying to do. Yeah, that's and a... I, this, this I, is the, I love Ricky Starks, but it's just, yeah, he just oozes self-confidence. I've been I've been getting really into Will Hobbs lately. Like I think he's just lost a little bit of weight. He looks massive. He's good on the mic. Um, he just looks like the kind of guy that could sort of just go and do absolutely anything. But all of these people are now being done a disservice by being in a team with Hook. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, congratulations, MJF and Hook. Um, I feel like we're not. I'm going to hear from any other promotions uh, from here on in. So here we go, <laughs> AEW. <laughs> You're about to get all the awards. Uh, next up, I've got Best uh, Veteran. Sam Punk. Hmm? That's probably fair enough. That's probably I mean, fair enough. In in reality, the the best veteran's probably Brian Danielson, but he's uh he's get, he's getting another award at a later point, mm. and uh, I'm not sure you can be somehow in your prime after your retirement, uh, 
and be the best veteran as well. But Punk has, um, just by being in the ring with all these young guys, he's been great. Have I thought his booking's been perfect in AEW? No. Um, Do I think that occasionally, um, you know, I'm glad that we've passed the time of, and later we hear from CM Punk. Uh, Yeah. That said, uh, you know, watching him in the go in the ring with Derby uh, was was amazing. Um, watching him now in this feud with MJF, like this is going to be probably the best feud of the year. Like for a spoiler Wolfie of twenty twenty two, best feud of the year is MJF Punk. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty great. Um, I. I didn't even think of Punk as a veteran, but he probably he probably legitimately is not a JR veteran of anyone who's wrestled more than four times as a veteran. Uh, my best veteran award has gone to Sting. The uh, it's fascinating watching a guy like Sting who can still like AEW are so good at using these older guys, right? Like hmm. WWE could not do. Like as soon as Sting, like he, 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 they couldn't do it. They just, they couldn't use, you know, they couldn't get the value out of him that they should have. That he has. Yeah, it, it just shows how terrible they are at booking. Sting has. I understand this is kayfabe, guys, but this is from Cage Side. <laughs> uh, he's won a hundred percent of his matches this year. Um, they've all, uh, well, pretty much all of them have been with, um, with. Darby Allen, but he. Uh, let's just have a quick look here. I mean, the six-man tag match he was in has a rating of eight. You just quickly go through the ratings of the matches he's in: seven point eight, seven point five, six point five, seven point four, five point three, which was against the Gun Club. So I think he's unfairly been marked down because the Gun Club were involved in that. Uh, and the last match he was in was Cash Wheeler, the one with. Uh, Punk and Derby, where he got some um, against so good. yeah uh, FTR and MJF, which got an eight point four. So, um, for someone who is sixty two years old, um, he is protecting his legacy, and we all know how big Sting's legacy is. I just really, I genuinely love watching him invite like that pairing of Sting and and Darby Allen. Initially, I was like, oh, I don't know about this man. This genuinely just feels like. They both wear face paint. There are, <laughs> but mm. they the two the two guys involved in that have somehow managed to make you believe that this weird little kid and his old friend uh, <laughs> <laughs> are like brothers or family, and uh, because they're both outsiders and they get each other. I, I just really love it. I love the presentation of it. I love um, everything around it. But I also think Sting's in-ring work for someone of his age has been exceptional. Yeah, and I think that's when he came in and he did the, um, you know, that that Team Taz match that was the the cinematic match. Like, that was, that was good. Um, but actually seeing him in the ring and, you know, him taking bumps still, him doing Stinger splashes, it's awesome. Yeah, he's still got it, he's still got it going on. Um, did we? There was an award that you wanted to pop on here that I've forgotten about. What was that? What was that one? <laughs> um, ooh, uh, I don't know. Oh, it was. What did we do? I can't. Well, let's do feud of the year. I don't think we've got feud of the year written down. We don't have feud of the year. Okay, I'm, all right. I'm going to answer for both of us. Okay, I know what it is. It's 
it's Hangman Omega. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know. Was it the like either of our favorite feuds? I don't know. I can't answer that for you. Probably not my my necessarily favorite, but fuck, like if you want a you know, how do how do you tell a story in professional wrestling? This is one of the best ever. Yeah, it was phenomenal. And and I <clears throat> I, I Kenny Omega gets a lot of plaudits. Mm. Uh, maybe it's more me coming to the realization of like, oh fuck, this guy is actually as good as everyone said he is going into yeah. AEW because I oh, hadn't absolutely. watched a lot of Japanese. Re- I watch Wrestle Kingdom every year. That takes about seventeen days for me to watch. So I'm, <laughs> it takes like a month of the year for me to watch Wrestle Kingdom, and then after that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm up to speed with New Japan, and I'll you know, I always like in my head go, oh, I should watch more New Japan, and then. <clears throat> I never do. Um, but, yeah, that feud was absolutely brilliant. It, it helped to elevate Hangman to a point where he's, you know, maybe the most over-wrestler in AEW at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. It was a brilliant. And you, um, you're, you're also talking about, like, if, for me, it felt <clears throat> like for one of, the, one of the very few times, like, that pay-per-view felt like full gear was the end of season one of AEW. Like, you could... You could yeah. start watching the day after full gear and it was like a complete reset of, of everything and you would pick it up, um, you know, it's it, it's with season two. And it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, mm-hmm. that's three champions. That's sort of the Jericho, Moxley, then Omega. But Page's, Page's story was, you know, he lost to Jericho at the first pay-per-view and then eventually, you know, built up. He, he was the, you know, protagonist of... AEW in the end for the first season. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think like that is a phenomenal, <clears throat> unbelievable way to book wrestling. Yeah. Um, let's quickly diverge out of AEW and WWE for a second. Sure. Uh, best indie wrestler. You go first. Uh, I had I, <laughs> I had initially written Warhorse, and then I was like, <laughs> "This that's ridiculous, man." It's like. Um, so I've gone with uh, Nick Gage just because um, GCW have, in my mind, just become completely um, the biggest indie promotion in the States as far as I can see. And the my uh, the reason that's come to my attention, the only wrestler I really see associated with GCW is Nick Gage. And uh, I'd like... I'm not saying that I'm a massive fan of Nick Gage's or that I've like gone and watched a thousand matches of his. I have seen a couple of matches throughout the year, but I feel like on his back, GCW have managed to get to a point where they, we keep calling them the new ECW. And Mm. I think that a lot of that's got to do with Nick Gage. It's hard to not point to him. He's feud with Matt Cardona, uh, an appearance on AEW, like all of that kind of stuff. Um, had, that was, it was up against Jericho, right? And the labors of Jericho. He did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was a pretty amazing match to see on weekly TV, just people eating glass and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it would be easy for me to pick one of my favorite dudes in Effie or Dan Housen, or, but they really haven't, even though their names have become quite big through social media and stuff. I don't know if they've done as much wrestling wise as Nick Gage has. So that's why I've decided to go with Nick Gage, even though I'm a bit of an imposter. 
jumping into GCW's world when I don't know that much about them, but I feel like just for having got himself and his company's name in front of me as much as he has, then it's got to go to Nick Gage. Look, I am... I uh, tossed up on this one because it's a li- it, it is a difficult one. Um, I think I was originally going to go with Danhausen just because I think uh, you know he sort of went from a prospect who could you know you just you just don't know exactly what you've got there to mm. very clearly this guy's going to rock up in AEW and will get an enormous pop and be a part of their week to week. Programming. Just because somebody says watch AEW, don't forget to watch AEW every Wednesday and Friday night. Doesn't mean that they've already signed with A and W. Maybe maybe he's just a big fan of AEW. Maybe he is. Uh, I mean, he only started doing it as soon as he got released from Ring of Honor. But <laughs> that doesn't mean that he's signed with AEW. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, I uh, instead, though, I'm going to choose Matt Cardona. Um, oh, I was going to do that as well as a troll move. <laughs> it's, it's 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 kind of fucked. Like the reality, like I I can't. Yeah. You know, I was into Zack Ryder sort of, but not really when he was doing all the online stuff. Like his shtick just wasn't really for me. Um, you know, it was around the time when Punk and Danielson were winning titles, when Cody was winning titles in WWE. Um, and you know, like I mean, he was, he was fine, um, but I, I wasn't that into him. I wasn't interested at all, and I was terrified to see him rock up in AEW. Uh, and then him in GCW with Chelsea Green is fucking awesome, and the best part mm-hmm. of all their shows, and him playing essentially a version of Cactus Jack in ECW is wonderful, and I love it. Yeah, he's done. Um... The only reason I didn't put him in was because he signed with Impact, and I'm like, does that mean he's a indie wrestler? But he is at the moment. He's working on Impact, NWA, and up until a few weeks ago, was doing stuff with GCW as well, <clears throat> um, and doing really good stuff on all three, and very different characters on all three as well. He's doing this yeah. sort of like <clears throat> in on Impact. He's doing like, um. Kind of just like, you know, I'm a good wrestler, you know, like with all the stuff that's been said about me, I'm actually an excellent wrestler and I'm going to show you that here in Impact. Mm. And then in NWA, he's kind of like this like Hollywood Matt Cordona <laughs> where he's like, I shouldn't be here. This place is a dump. Why am I even here? Blah, 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 blah. Like I'm elevating the show just by being on it. Um, and then in GCW, he's just doing this full shit-eating heel, you know, like... It's it's WWE invades GCW guy, you know, like has no respect for GCW and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's a really good call, man. I'm glad that you did that because I didn't have the balls to do it. But, yeah, Matt Cordona. Uh, Nick Cordage, Matt Cordona have both won our Indie Wrestlers of the Year. That's great. Um, Next up, we have got uh, Best Pay-Per-View. Uh, all out yeah i've got all out as well um i'll Um, just quickly bring up uh what was happening like the card i I was thinking of full gear but i just think the i think probably my pro wrestling moments of the year were the adam cole and daniel brian uh brian danielson debuts 
Yeah. Um, why isn't the card on the bloody Wikipedia page? It's really annoying. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, so, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice, guys. Miro versus Eddie Kingston was on that. Uh, Moxley versus Kojima was on that. Um, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. The Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks in the cage match, which is an amazing match. Uh, Ruby Soho versus Thunder Rose. Is this right? Is this all out? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, uh, Jericho versus MJF. CM Punk versus Darby Allen. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and Kenny Omega versus uh, Kenny Omega beating Christian Cage. Um, and then the big show on QT Marshall. Um, yeah, it was just an And, of course, uh, Brian Danielson and Adam and Adam Cole mm. both showing up at the end of the the pay per view. I think it was just perfectly put together. Uh, all the matches on it were great. CM Punk returning. It's in Chicago. I mean, we don't really have to. I mean, you all know that we're right, right? Like, I mean, there was no pay per view better <laughs> than this. <laughs> I mean, Full Gear was pretty good as well, but All Out was the pay per view of the year by a long way. It certainly wasn't SummerSlam. <laughs> oh, there was that awesome uh, Bianca Belair Becky match, uh, Becky Lynch <laughs> match on that one. Um, <laughs> uh, best promotion. I think this is probably pretty, unless you've got a surprise win no. for that. But mine's AEW. Yes, I'm by AEW. a long way this way. I'll just explain it as well because Impact did some good stuff, and NWA have in the last like two months returned to form a bit. Um, WWE, no. <laughs> just no. <laughs> For all the reasons we've stated on so many different podcasts throughout the year, the the in-ring wrestling is boring, the booking is stagnant and old and shit. Uh, Impact, I felt like, kind of fell away a little bit once the door was closed again, the forbidden door was closed again. I know that wasn't uh, Impact's decision, um, and I know that they're trying to do as much as they can to keep eyeballs on the product, but I just it suffered a little bit um, because of that. They're trying to push new people like Moose, um, and that's great, mm. um, but that takes time, you know, when you're putting new people into the into the spotlight. Um, the Diona Perazzo, Mickey James, um, feud was great. I really enjoyed that, but I just don't. I don't know. Like it, there wasn't as much happening this year yeah. as there was last year for them to to warrant promotion of the year. AEW has, um, I mean, fuck, man. They brought CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole. In. <laughs> they they've continued to push guys like Eddie Kingston. John Moxley has been on fire when he's been involved. Kenny Omega, uh, there's just so much going on. They consistently make a great TV product each week. Uh, their pay-per-views, even though they're criticised by a, a lot of outlets, I love. I think their pay-per-views are great. They're more Japanese in style in the sense of, like, you just get wrestling matches. You get the mm. the payoffs of, of wrestling feuds, and I really love that. Is there anything I've missed, Matt, that you want to talk about with AEW this year? No, I think you're spot on. I I do have a couple of uh, rapid fire, not written down awards. Uh, I'd like to see where your head first goes to with them before we get into the big awards. Before we get into the big ones, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I guess the uh, the the first one is who do you most want to see rock up somewhere else that's been let go this year? 
Oh, um, well, the obvious one for me is Danhausen being let go by Ring of Honor. I want to see him in AEW, but I, I feel like that's a waste of an answer because we will see him in AEW once his legs healed. That's just everyone knows that. That's an open secret. Yep. Um, I still really would like to see Bray Wyatt somewhere else or Wyndham um, Rotunda. Uh, is it Wyndham Rotunda? Is that right? Did I? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, uh, just because I loved his creativity in WWE and, and someone who can manage to pitch stuff like that to Vince and get it happening. I understand he's batshit crazy. I understand that like he's got some weird views on the world. Um, I understand that some people think he can't go very well in, in the ring, which I think is completely wrong. But I would love to see um I'd love to see him. I think he could add a huge amount to AEW in an open contract sense of um this was initially your idea and I'm stealing it. <laughs> but um <laughs> like him being on AEW from time to time and then maybe showing up in Japan, hopefully things start to open up a little mm. bit if it's safe to do so. Um and showing up in Japan and then impact and then I would like to see more open door or forbidden door stuff and and uh, Wyndham Rotunda being the main proponent of it. I, I think that would be awesome to see. I think um, that's a that's a great answer, and I think that's the biggest immediate name um, available as well, um, other than Ryback. Uh, <laughs> um, Fucking hell! Have you? He's still doing his weird. <laughs> like pump up videos in his car he's just it's give him it's um sad. it's really sad man give it's... him give him give him 15 years and this he'll be just at the perfect time to have a saudi comeback um the the person i would pick i think he there's is our, our generation's iron shake that's for sure <laughs> um the the person i would pick i think there's two areas at the start of 2020 uh, one where WWE definitely had the 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 uh, advantage over AEW. I think the first is the women's um, stuff. I think WWE tend to still book the women slightly more strongly. Whether the, whether better is, yeah. is is definitely debatable. They give them and more they time, and they give yeah, them more time um, and stuff for sure. But I would say at this point, you know, you've got. Uh, Sheeta and Serena Deeb, like Serena Deeb's being built to be a killer. You've got Thunder Rosa, you've got Jade Cargill, you've got Ruby Soho, uh, you've got Britt Baker killing it. Um, you know, AEW's definitely picked up their game in that regard and uh, built a really, really good little division. Mm. Um, you know, uh, me, Yim just rocked up. Mercedes Martinez, sorry, rocked up. Um so this is, you know, they they've got a lot going for them. I think now on the women's side, yeah. um, the the biggest strength WWE has had in the last year has been sort of, I guess, African American wrestlers. Hmm. Um, you know, they've they've booked Bobby Lashley really well. Um, Big E was booked poorly, but still was champion. Um, you know, there, there's been a, a series of people put in really good. Can I um, just I, can I just jump in real quick there? Hmm. How. I mean, it's the most WWE thing to like for you to be able to say they made him champion, like WWE <laughs> champion as well, by the way, and still booked poorly. 
Oh yeah, and look, the, the this I mean, is it's so WWE. Everyone knows what we're talking about as well, but yeah, it just it just sticks out like dogs' balls when you were saying that. <laughs> I, I would I, I would argue, um, and I don't I don't like defending them, but first title runs in WWE are never ever good. Like I can't I don't know if you like if you can think back to the last first run that was actually a good run. Usually, mm. what they do is like their sort of strategy is. They chuck the belt on the guy, he sort of has a shit run, and then they whack it on someone else, but they know they can go back to him and it's more legit because he's been a title holder before. Two-time winner, yeah. Uh, uh, it's like, been a long know, time. It's been a long time since they just put the belt on someone and left it on them. Like maybe Stone Cold was the was the last really good first run. Um, yeah, because even you know, The Rock's first run was not great. Yeah, yeah. No, but Roman's wasn't good. Um, no. Cena's wasn't good. No, Cena uh, Punk's wasn't, know, obviously. Uh, terrible. Uh, Randy Orton. Like, you can go through these people that are legitimate Brian, now. Brian? Uh, Daniel no, his, Bryan, his first run was terrible. What was the? Isn't that when he won the... Didn't the first That's time he won he, was at WrestleMania, wasn't it? Or he won the two? No, it wasn't because he, he won the... Um, he won the big gold belt and got beaten by when he was a heel. And didn't he get? Wasn't wasn't uh, that the one that he got beaten by Sheamus in thirty seconds for? Yeah, I thought um, that was a mid card belt off the top. of my It might head, have been like the a, US title, like but it was, he had a he US had a really US. short um, run with one of the top belts. But even after that WrestleMania, like that run was not a great run itself. Yeah, the run up dumb, to it was fantastic. Even Daniel Bryan being booked well in WWE is a stupid thing to say. <laughs> Um, anyway, the I w- so with the, all that in mind, um, I think Keith Lee is potentially a oh, real game changer. Like Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, there are guys out there that are just mm. like sitting waiting for their 90-day period to... But that like first people- pay-per-view of AEWs might be an absolute fucking banger as far as surprise. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, when, <laughs> I think when people say who's going to beat Hangman for the title, I think there is a very, very good chance it is Keith Lee. That would be great. That um, would be great. People would lose their mind. And he he has that Mick Foley, um, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson um, thing of like he just connects with audiences. Mm. Big E has and that was, too. With the, like, yeah. you know, the people just fucking love to love him. And, and it was um, another example yeah. of um, WWE bringing up a guy from NXT. You know, he used to wear shorts and he'd look so different and he had that great song and mm. he, you know, this big fat guy who could fucking fly, you know, limitless Keith Lee. And they took absolutely everything that worked. They took the song, they made him wear a singlet. These matches were less exciting. They turned him into a heel for some reason. Yeah. It was Bearcat Keith Lee. Like there was... An, Everything that worked about Keith Lee, they took from him. And AEW are really, really great at emphasising what works. And given almost everything works for Keith Lee, he's yeah. going to, I think, just be huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, Keith Lee. Let's um, – this is real. I always really enjoy having these conversations, so we'll keep talking. The, who else is that? So there's Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, Wyndham Rotunda, is there anyone else floating around that isn't wrestling at the moment? That Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe would be huge. Did you see that TK spoke to William Regal during the week? They both confirmed that. I didn't, but that's um. I've actually I've got a I've got a list of uh, of releases from twenty twenty one. Some of these are still um, it's, it's insane. So Jeff Hardy, 
Uh, I'm just going to skip the... Oh, Swerve Scott. Huge uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Like that will be... He will rock up in AEW, God, I hope so. Well, dude, uh, I mean, every day he posts like four different photos of him hanging out with <laughs> AEW wrestlers. So it's, again, I mean, him and Dan Housen should form a tag team and both debut on AEW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've got Rockstar Spud um, and John Morrison, both of who I think could end up on They'll Impact. They'll be on Impact, yeah, for sure. But we, we really, really strengthened the show. Yeah. Mm. I love uh, John Morrison, man. I think he's such an underrated wrestler. I mean, like he just and he that he came back and for like three weeks WWE made a big deal out of him for like two weeks and then just stuck him with Miz. They did the exact same booking that they did twelve years ago with those guys. And just I mean, John Morrison was the guy who wasn't in the worst year of the match. He was the guy who was getting killed by zombies in the background. Like, he did everything WWE asked him to do. They yeah. signed his wife and then fucking let him let her go. Then they let him go like two weeks later. Like, I just, why anyone signs for them, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, man. That's all right. We've got, we've got Ember Moon. I can't do this for every single person who got <laughs> release will be uh, here for three hours. Ember Moon hopefully goes to AW. Nia Jax, I'm assuming neither of us want to see. Anywhere. No, she should, like, not to be a prick about this, but she should never wrestle again. Yep. Uh, like, Frankie Monet, yeah. Scarlet Bordeaux. Uh, we got Bobby Fish in AEW, Bronson Reed, Mercedes Martinez, uh, all around different places. Uh, Jake Atlas rocks up mm. in AEW. Mm. Ric Flair. Yeah, let's. Rick should have a rest, I reckon. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him with Andre. If he can save me an Andrade promo, I'm not too bad about it. Uh, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's been out for six months now. It's July 31st that he got released. Yeah, there were some reports with Bray Wyatt of having some mental health issues and stuff as well. And mm. if you've been working for Vince McMahon for 10 years, you probably do. So, um, I mean, that's legitimately something that CM Punk and Brian Danielson have spoken about, about working at that organization. Mm. So... Yeah, hopefully he wants to wrestle again, man. Maybe he's just out of wrestling. Maybe he's like, you know, mm. fuck that business. <laughs> you got you got Tyler Breeze and Fandango. I don't have they haven't popped up anywhere. Fandango is on NWA. Oh, there you go. Yeah, showed up like two weeks ago and is doing ridiculously fantastic stuff. Well, you got Ever Rise released in June twenty five, who are now two point and a major part of AEW. <laughs> Yeah, I look. I know a lot of people are, are hating on Garcia and Two Point I really like them. I really, oh, I, them. I really I like Two Point I think they're a throwback. They're really nasty little heels. I, I and I they're Canadian them. voices. Like it's the French Canadian <laughs> voices are so great. Like it's yeah. just and Jericho calling them Terrence and Philip. I, like Jericho still got it, man. I don't. I you know I'm enjoying that. But no matter how drunk he shows up on AEW, it doesn't oh, matter. Goodness <laughs> me. Uh, Braun Strowman. Do you want to see Braun Strowman anywhere? I think he could add some, like, Impact seems to be coming the new land of the Giants. I mean, you look at, mm, yeah. uh, like, Moose versus Morrissey, you know, and Matt Cordona was the small guy in that last <laughs> title match that they had, and he's still 6'2", 6'3", 125 kgs or whatever. Um, I think Braun Strowman had upside, and I think that again he got really let down by WWE towards the end of his reign. He he comes across as someone who doesn't get the wrestling industry at points. It's, mm. you know, has said some really hurtful and dumb things 
online and then has tried to pull it back. And then I think that has closed all of his opportunities off. Like the people just don't want to work with him, um, which is a shame because when someone looks like that, you can use them. Um, but I've, I've got a little prediction for him. What's that? He's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, you reckon he'll re-sign with WWE for less money? Yeah. Well, apparently he was on like some insane like multi-million dollar year uh, contract. Like there's nowhere else that's going to pay him even what a, a lesser contract would be. He's exactly what they want. Um, you know, he's a WWE guy. He's not an indie guy. Mm. Um, you know, I, they need people. They need some surprises. You know, there's all this talk about the forbidden door opening. I don't like. I don't think in reality the forbidden door is opening that wide. Uh, no, hopefully not between AEW and WWE. Anyway, I just. And, like, if trolls want to be like, oh, the forbidden door, like, the forbidden door is for everyone else, okay? WWE have had (laughs) fucking 50 years to open the forbidden door and have not. So, fuck them and the fucking horse they rode in. I understand (laughs) that Mickie James is going to be in the Rumble. Great for her, but no. WWE had the chance to work with other promotions 45 years ago and instead they went around and bought every fucking company in the country and shut them down. So, no, they don't get to play now that everybody else is playing nice with each other. All right, I'm going to stop going through these releases because I realised that I, I promised rapid fire. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just got one. I'm going, to go, I'm going to cut a bunch of them and we'll just go to one more that I think is interesting. Who... Currently at AEW, do you think potentially will be in the WWE by the end of 2022? Uh, um, I don't see any of the young stars going across there. Um, I don't think MJF will go to WWE. I think the fact that he keeps talking about I mean, I know he signed to 2024 um, and mm. it's the end of 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe like R- Ricky Starks. Yeah, that's mm. not a bad. I was, I was thinking of his former team Taz stablemate Brian Cage. Yeah, uh, even Big Rob's <laughs> is someone that I could see WWE going after in a big way. You know, like mm. big African American dude. Um, I don't, I don't see. I, I just. And I understand that the AEW podcast is made by AEW. Like, I'm not a complete fucking fanboy shill. (laughs) But when you listen to people on that podcast, every single one of them, to a man or a woman, says the same thing, especially if they've worked somewhere else, is that AEW is such a good place to work. And I just don't understand why anyone who has experienced that or has had a partner who's experienced that, like Britt Baker, for example, would go there. Especially when people who were wrestlers people like William Regal, Road Dog, Triple H are not in any powers of, like not in any positions of power anymore. It just, because you're going to be dealing with people like John Laronitis, those kind of guys for, nah, I I don't see many people doing it. I just don't. I I think- when it comes to WWE will get one of these guys just because that's the way these things work. Um, and AEW seem to be letting people's contracts expire rather than, 
you know, re-signing them uh, or trying to re-sign. You know, they, they, they don't seem to be cutting people. So that's sort of a different thing. But, you know, WWE will put in a big bid on someone that AEW, that, you know, decides to go with the money, which is a perfectly reasonable thing. But their their task at that point is they're going to need to show if if they want to get, you know, some of the bigger names that AEW has, like MJF, if they get Brian Cage, they need to sh- show how they can use Brian Cage really well. Yeah, and they won't. Which No, they won't. And that's They'll and that, do the, the opposite of that and bury the guy to, yes. as a fuck you to AEW. But in reality, what it'll do is show that they can't do like they they can't help but shoot themselves in the foot by being belligerent yeah. old men because they are run by belligerent old men. <laughs> you know? And I, I guess we for, we forgot two of the sort of big two of the big names that are still floating around from our earlier conversation. Uh, Johnny Gargano, who's a guy whose contract expired, and um, the news today that Mustafa Ali has asked for his release and been granted. Oh, sweet. I really like Mr. I, yeah, Ali would be great for anyone who picks him up, but I think AEW yes. would. Yeah. I mean, the problem is not everyone can go to AEW, but it is about quality no. as well for me. I think if you can pick these people up and uh, keep them around. Anyway, that's <laughs> that's great. Should we get into the big three? Are we I up to the we, big three? We need to. I think we're up to the big three. All right, cool. Let's start with... Uh, our tag team of the year awards. Would you oh, like we to up to, are we doing best match first, or are we doing best match last? Oh, best match! I forgot about best match. Uh, well, I meant the big four. <laughs> 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 Let's go with big match now, and then we can give out the the big three awards. Right? Cool. All right. Do you want me to? Do you want me to go first? Sure. Um, I've got. This was really hard. Um, because there are a couple other matches that I really wanted to win as well. But I ended up going with Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks for the titles in a cage at full gear. If you have not seen that match, please go and watch it. It is one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen, let alone yep. this year. Um, I, yeah, I don't want to step on match uh, toes too much, so I won't say what the other matches were. But... Um, the yeah, I mean, it's the look. Let's face it. As much as I love FTR, these are the two best tag teams going around at the moment, and uh, they just left everything out in the ring. I mean, there's so the, at the end of this match, there's so much blood. It's fucking mental. <laughs> um, and there were le- legitimately stages in the match where I thought Ray Phoenix was dead. I thought at one stage that. Uh, <laughs> that Nick was dead and there was another time where I thought Penta was dead. So, um, yeah, there's so much going on in and around the ring as well. Um, it, it's just brilliant. I'm not going to ruin it by trying to explain what happens in the match. I think if you're listening to this podcast, podcast, you've probably already seen the match and you know why I've picked it. If you haven't, man, go check it out. That would be, if you haven't watched AEW before, go buy that pay-per-view on fight, check out this match. Um, well, check out the whole pay-per-view, but this match is a highlight. But the best match on the best pay-per-view of the year for me. Yeah, and look, I think the I think it's a sort of, I guess, significant in so much as so much of the pro wrestling landscape has been built around singles matches and uh, singles feuds. And just this is just showing that tag team wrestling can draw, can be the best thing on a big yeah. show. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Which know, we've been it, told for 45 fucking years that you, it can't. And it just, yeah. that was the other thing that I loved about it as well, because it's not a gimmick. I love tag team wrestling, you know, like the, but the first thing that I fell in love with outside of Hulk Hogan ugh, uh, was the Heart Foundation. I loved the Hitman and, and Jim Neinhardt. And yeah, so I've always loved tag team. Anyway, what is your match of the year, Matthew? Well, I think I think I want to go with something else that sort of I guess has a historical significance as well, which I think is the the sixty minute time limit draw between. Uh, it was it was hard which one to choose, um, and had the had the second Hangman Danielson match, which wasn't a sixty minute, uh, happened in twenty twenty one, it would have been my favourite match of the year. But um, I think the Omega Danielson sixty minute, like just giving a guy like that. Both of those guys, just 60 minutes to do, tell that story. There was nothing that really didn't need to be there. It wasn't boring. Mm. Uh, you know, it never happens. And it was just great to watch these people at the top of their game really go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to disagree. I mean, it's hard to, you know. I mean, it, 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 I, there is. Why I don't have a Brian Danielson match as my match of the year, it baffles me as much as you, dear listener. But, um, I mean, that tag team match was just so good. I mean, it literally got me off my couch, and I don't think too many other matches uh, did. Also, shout out to the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa Lights Out match. Um, yeah, that, that was great. That too. was one of the other matches that I was talking about. I really tossed up between that and this one. Um, yeah. An amazing match. My still my favorite uh, women's match of all time, and and maybe you know would be in my top five matches of all time. But uh, this cage match would be just one rung above it. <laughs> uh, should we get into the top three? Oh, the big three. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, tag team of the year. You want to go first? Lucha Bros. Why? No, that's <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Uh, do you want to? Is there any highlights you want to point out? Uh, no, um, you know, I think th- there doesn't need to be much said. They they t- have a unique style. Um, you know, they do they can do lucha, but they also, you know, Penta can really go in a physical manner. Um, and uh, the you know watching these guys, um, you know, do what they do is fast. Like Ray Phoenix on a good night is the best of the best. Um. You know, he's just so phenomenal, so different, so unique. Hmm. Uh, and, yeah, I just I think they're, to me, they were the best. It was there's a, there's a bunch of other great tag teams, but, yeah, I think they're probably the best. Um, I've gone with uh, a left field choice, I think, um, in FTR. Uh, I... Yes, given you just said you thought the Bucks and uh, Penta were better, uh, Bucks and Lucha Bros were better. Well, yeah, I mean, in the <laughs> look, uh, my reasoning is because they have tried to. I think in the second half of this year, they found who they are meant to be outside of WWE. That they've gone with that real '80s throwback. Um, they've changed their ring gear. They've sort of changed the way they've cut promos. That they're very much got Tully involved in their presentation as well, much more than they were previously. They won the AAA belts. They had some great matches um, throughout the course of the year. So this is very much based on the the second six months of 2021 and not the first six months. Sorry, just one sec. Can you just wait like five minutes, please? 
So just an enormously noisy human being deciding now is a good time to cut and do everything in the kitchen. Um, all right. Sorry. Uh, you, it's all good. I think uh, we're, we're up to the next one. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. So FTR is my tag team of the year. Uh, women's woman of the year. Britt Baker. Uh, yeah. That's probably completely fair. That was my first thought. And then I was like, well, Matt's going to pick Britt, uh, Britt Baker. So <laughs> I'm going to go with someone else just to make the podcast slightly more interesting. <laughs> um, I've gone with Mickey James. Uh, and my reasoning for that is if you think where she started off at the beginning of the year, she was in the Royal Rumble in WWE and then was let go of like two months mm. later. All of her stuff was sent in a in a rubbish bag from WWE, which she made a big deal out of on on social media and actually got an apology from John Laronitis and a few other people at WWE. So that was always nice to see some weaselly men have to apologize for their bullshit behavior. Then she went to NWA, set up the Empower pay-per-views. As she won, she just recently won the um, the Impact Women's, the Knockouts division belt. Is that still know, called Knockouts? Yeah, it's still the Knockouts Crikey. division, man. Like, they need to change that. But anyway, um, I understand that was – but that her feud with Deonna Perazzo throughout the back end of 2021 was fantastic. There was some ridiculous stuff, some really glorious wrestling. I just think all of it combined – uh, for me, really, and and the announcement that she's going to be in the 2022 Royal Rumble culminates in a massive year for Mickey James, where it was all over the place. But um, yeah, she's my woman wrestler of the year. It's a good choice. Uh, the big one, wrestler, male wrestler of the year. Um, look, I think, in fact, I know because you wrote down all your answers in the in the document that we're sharing. Um, but we're choosing the same person, um, just to spoil that for, for the listeners. Um, so I think... Drew McIntyre. <laughs> not only... Uh, Madcap Moss. Um, not only is uh, Brian Danielson the best wrestler of this year, I think um, this year the guy main evented a fucking WrestleMania. He... Mm. Uh, rocked up in AEW, had uh, two of the best matches in AEW history, arguably legitimately two of the best matches of AE- in AEW history, two top five matches, uh, has been, his work has just been absolutely phenomenal yep. as far as, um, you know, turning himself that quickly into a genuine heel, uh, completely changing his in-ring style, working 60-minute matches, uh, you know, being the best wrestler in the world and maybe the best wrestler ever to do it. Like, he is, in my opinion, a Mount Rushmore wrestler. Um, is he my favourite wrestler of all time? There are guys I've, you know, connected with more and things like that, but... If someone were to say, I think Brian Danielson's the best wrestler to ever do it, I, what argument do you have against them? Yeah, I, there isn't much more I can add to what you've just said there. Matthew, all I would say is that somehow Brian, uh, Brian Danielson has become even uh, even more of my favourite wrestler. Well, CM Punk has always been my favourite wrestler, or has been since for the last 10, 15 years. It's getting really close to the point where Brian Danielson is. Like his uh, his work in AEW has been so good that it's almost put him past Sam Punk. They're on, an, uh, they're on a par now. It was always 
you've known me for a while now. It was always punk, mm-hmm. then then mm-hmm. BD. I just love he's. It's been flawless. It's been absolutely fucking flawless. He has not put a foot wrong since he got to AEW, and you could argue that there has been a few potholes for Punk along the way, um, mm. seeing that they basically debuted within a week of each other. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just cannot wait to see what he does next. I think Japan might be the next port of call for for Brian before he comes back to AEW. I'm not sure if that, that, I'm just making that up, but it just feels like that's in the winds. Um, you don't think he's rocking up in uh, rocking up in the Royal Rumble? Oh, uh, man. I w- I'll just walk away from pro wrestling if that happens. I'll just, <laughs> I would be so disappointed. I'd be so upset. <laughs> I would be so upset. I, I don't, I don't understand why Tony Khan would allow that to happen. Um, Unless, unless Vince McMahon somehow secretly owns AEW and this whole thing has been a fucking lie. Potentially. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Uh, and then I would legitimately just be super sad and you would just hear one last WrestleWolf episode, <laughs> which was like, <laughs> I'm sad. We're not doing this anymore. Thanks. Bye. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Brian Danielson, uh, congratulations. You are WrestleWolf's. Male wrestler of the year, Britt Baker, female, uh, FTR slash uh, Lucha Bros, our tag team of the year. I think they're uh, – oh, Britt Baker and Mickey James. God, I forgot about <laughs> my own female wrestler of the year. Anyway, uh, look, uh, there are obviously very hungry hungry people at Matt's house, and uh, I've got to go and call my sister and wish her a happy <laughs> birthday, which I just remembered. So we're going to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for supporting us through uh, 2021 there's now three of us uh, myself matt and paul doing random stuff on on the channel i suppose is what we would call it we really appreciate it if you want to support us you can uh, subscribe or follow us in the in the your podcast player um but until next time brother dudes may your wrestling be good wrestling and good night <laughs>